kick off a Friday evening. Diana King coming through with Shy Guy. And immediately for almost all the millennials, when this song plays, it transports you right back to that very, very iconic cult-following movie, Bad Boys, starring Martin Lawrence and, of course, Will Smith. Um, and then, of course, uh, before that, we had A Little Night to Remember by uh, uh, Asha Lamar and uh, DJ Clock featuring Burtonberg starting things off with Pluto. Taking us to a few minutes after 20 past 8 o'clock right here on The Art of Everything with myself, Bridget Masinga. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back. We get into our very first segment and that is Made in SA. Today we profile uh, Agatha Carolina who's making Africa a powerhouse of expensive fragrances, uh, fusing together some of her heritage to create the house of Gasvana. Uh, that's coming up in just a moment. Made in SA on the Art of Everything with Bridget Masinga. Why did I say Gasvana, Agatha? I don't know. It's, it's Gasdava. Gasdava. How are you? It almost sounds like it is a Polish greeting, but in fact, it's 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 a family name. It is a family name. Yes, you're correct. Yes. Give me a little bit of history. Um, I, I know that sure. from what I've read, um, it, it, it carries the, the lineage and the heritage of your, your grandmother. Uh, yes, that is correct. Um, in fact, uh, the, the lineage started all of 600 years ago with my great-grandfather, six generations back, King Jan Pavel Sobieski. He's the king of the Lithuanian Commonwealth. Mm. Um, yeah, and our family was awarded awarded the, the crest of Gustava for for behavior or not behavior, but yeah. um, service to the king. That's what you would call it. Sorry, very very old timey yeah. things. Um, yeah, and and that's basically where it came from. So I'm very very privileged to come from a very interesting lineage of women, mm. um, all aristocrats, including my mother. Mm. Um, yeah, and and in in lieu of all of that, uh, they also taught me all of that I know about botanics and creating tinctures and working in apothecary. So I decided to take an opportunity to combine my love for Africa and mm. for the people that brought me here mm. um, and call it after that. Yeah. yeah. And, and let's let's uh, rewind back to that. How, how does your family find themselves in South Africa? Because you haven't spent all your time here. If I'm not mistaken, you also uh, moved abroad for a number of years and then doubled back again and, and, and settled back. But how does your family find its roots in South Africa before we even get to the business of <laughs> perfumery? Sure. Um, it's, a, it's actually a great story because uh, usually people have purpose for, for one way or another. Um, mm. I, I come from a very, very interesting sense of cowboys in my family. Um, my parents were, uh, my mom being an aristocrat during communist periods, they had to they had to hide, basically. Mm. Otherwise, you would be jailed or sentenced to death. Mm. Um, my father was against the Communist Party, so very similar to people who are against uh, apartheid parties back in the day, yeah. uh, which means also you get sentenced to imprisonment, etc. So they left, well, they escaped from Poland to Vienna, to Austria. Mm. And then my, my parents wanted an adventure, and they wanted to move to a place which was free, which was different, which was exciting, where mm. they could do something completely different and really um, be part of a different society. Mm. Um, and yeah, and South Africa presented itself uh, as an opportunity for them. 
And they moved here in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, and mm. they fell in love and, and never left, basically. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. I mean, as you yeah. were talking about how, you know, your parents were seeking uh, a place of a, with a sense of adventure and some kind of freedom. In my mind, I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, wait, but they came at the height of apartheid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They said, like, it was a very strange thing coming from, from like, a communist country into an apartheid country because, you know, they, they always said, like, oh, they were thinking, like, it was it was different. I mean, mm. ra- racism, to be very honest, like, racism in Poland was, was just as rife as it was um, here yeah. in South Africa. But it was, like, from a different perspective. So coming to a new way of thinking was was very hard for them in the beginning. But mm. they, they really fell in love with the country. They spent actually many months in Namibia mm. before I was born. So they, yeah, they, they fell in love with what was here and being able to make a difference. In Poland, they couldn't. Mm. Um so, yeah, so they decided to stay and contribute the way that they could. And, and they, yeah, still here 40 odd years later. So And here you are. Uh, yeah. Actor Carolina joins me on the line and she's the director and perfumer out at the House of Gustava. And uh, we're talking about her journey, uh, getting to know her a little bit better. And Carolina, also, I, I know that your family, as much as, you know, the lineage is very interesting by way of aristocrats um, and, and <laughs> serving the nation back in your homeland of Poland, but also... Um, your mom herself was quite an entrepreneur. In fact, she was a designer, if I'm not mistaken, right? Absolutely, yes. My mother used to be an art couture designer, both in Vienna and in South Africa in the 80s as well. Yeah, mm. very much so. <laughs> <laughs> very and, then, and then your dad was yeah. very much an academic. So you got the creative end and the academic end growing up. Very much, yes. No, I was actually both both my parents really love to play in both fields. So mm. I was very fortunate to be brought up by two very interesting and very crazy wild people, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and what has that done for you in sense of you know, in, in the sense of being an entrepreneur? I, I figure both these these sort of dualities have, have have served you well, you know. Uh, there's a structure that comes with being in academia, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, in a sense of focus and a sense of needing to complete what you start. And, of course, uh, having the creative arm as well, I would think it gives you a sense of freedom almost, a sense of liberty um, that, that you can just break the mold and, and envision a life outside of even that linear structure. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it, it was very interesting because, uh, you know, coming in perspective, of course, of my upbringing, um, we didn't necessarily have, like, a lot growing mm. up. Um, my parents came here with, with nothing and made their way from there. And obviously, they have the privileges which, which they were afforded at the time. Mm. But um, the one thing that they always afforded to me was that they they always focus on my education, basically. Mm. That was uh, the main thing. So that's where all of their, their financing went into my life was to give me the best they could mm. um, because they always believed that if you had what you had, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And that, that was basically what I was always taught and still how I practice today, that whatever I want to create, it is possible. And as, as arrogant as sometimes that comes along, it's 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 a difficult thing to think because you you do obviously face the realities of every single day you know yeah we all have bills to pay we all have companies to build mm. we all have partners and all that kind of thing that we have to answer to but um the freedom that it gives you if you think in that perspective that truly like you have to do whatever you want to do but you have to be the best at what you do that's mm. what i was taught Mm. Um, so you'd never take anything as a joke or as a lightness. Like, yes, you can follow your passion and that's incredible, but mm. you need to make it work. And 
and that's basically what what my focus was. Yeah, I went to incredible universities around the world. I was incredibly fortunate for that. Mm. Um, it very much helped being a European as well as South African because you get the benefits in, in Europe for that. Yeah. So it's, it's easier. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was amazing. Like my whole thing about moving back to South Africa after my studies was I was actually lecturing at a university in Cape Town for two years after I returned because mm. I really believed in giving my students what I had had the privilege of experiencing because we don't get that in this country, that yeah. level of education. So I was lecturing design thinking for a few years. Um, and yeah, and while I was creating my business, I was trying to do as much as I could to, to give back at the time that I had the capacity for both. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's a mix all the time. <laughs> Fascinating story. Absolutely love it. And then um, we then fast forward to uh, around 2015, and you then start up the House of Gustava, um, a, a perfumery in South Africa. I mean, you know, everyone's like, okay, so you decided to get into perfumes, but you live in South Africa because that's not really what we are known for. <laughs> no, not at all. Not even a little bit. Um, yeah, that's, it's been an ongoing joke for, for quite a number of years. Um, so my biggest fascination in fact with that is if you look back even into biblical times mm. um and i studied years in terms of looking through libraries across the world of, of writings actually if you try to teach yourself how to make perfume and mm. you try to look for books on it it's really difficult basically impossible mm. so you have to scour the planet and like you know get abilities to get into libraries that most people can't um, and all of it really started in Africa. So, for example, like um, frankincense and myrrh comes from Ethiopia. Yeah. You've got various types of sandalwoods that come from the continent, like all the very, very, very old materials. Mm. And a lot of materials which a lot of people don't know about. I mean, even here in South Africa, for instance, like the Sangomas are using a lot of uh, impepo, mm. which is up in the Eastern Cape. Also, they bring it down to the Western Cape. We go it everywhere. Um, and I was really fascinated by the reality that we have an incredibly untapped source throughout mm. the African continent from every single country of materials which are are the most sublime um, that no one has really started to look at beyond a few you know that I've mentioned. Yeah. Um, and that really what kind of like got my bee going in terms of wanting to do what I wanted to do because. I want, I mean, the, the desire of my company, what I want to do is contribute back into into the country, into the continent. Like I, being being a white South African, European, but living there and coming back, mm. I was always kind of annoyed about the fact that people would consider Africa as a continent mm. and there's no differentiation. Like, you know, it's, it's one place. It's seen as like the dark continent that everyone's super scared of and mm. da da da. Um, so my passion is to create, sense, tell stories of the travels which I personally take, um, of the places I go to, the people I meet, the cultures I experience without without imp like imposing myself into other people's places. So that's mm. why I focus on the botanics and geography. Um, and then relay those stories and explain to people like, you know, Guilty Pleasures, for instance, is the last perfume I released from the island of Madagascar, well, yeah. Island of Mersey Bay of Madagascar. And you get to experience like swimming with 200-year-old sea turtles and the fact that they have the greatest vanilla um, crops in the world. Mm. And all of that in a tiny little bottle of perfume. And I hope that people will take the advantage of smelling something beautiful, reading a beautiful story, and potentially actually go and to visit it for themselves. Yeah. That's, 
you know, the idea. I mean, I would think right now, Agatha, and I don't know if I'm correct in sort of my perception, I would think it's a beautiful time to be a bespoke perfume house at the moment, right? I'm seeing Mm -hmm. more and more people sort of um, leaning more towards bespoke perfumeries, um, but obviously a lot more people still sort of looking for Italian and French houses and not sort of schooled on the fact that people like yourself in the house of Gosdava actually exist right here in our doorsteps. Oh, very much so. I think it's, you know, it's like with all trends. I mean, if we look back 10 years ago, the kind of things that we're all, let's say, like more mass interested in were still very niche and unknown. Mm. Um, And those are things which are coming up more and more. I think, for instance, COVID really taught us a lot in terms of looking more locally. Mm. I mean, a majority of my clients nowadays usually used to go overseas and look for other people, but that whole change of mentality of wanting to invest locally and actually being more interested in, in, in being here and being present has changed mentality a lot. And interestingly enough, also my, my like, uh, how do you say, Eastern, well, European clients or whatever, mm. they're also wanting to invest more in, in Africa and the stability and the fact that we're a malleable place. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting in the fact that like, I think people haven't really realized that the true luxury lies in creating something completely bespoke, something that isn't mass produced. Like yes. We've all been fed that marketing thing of like, you know, look at the beautiful woman on a boat, that should be you. Look at the wonderful man driving the boat, should be you. Mm. But actually, like, what is your story? Like, what is your reality? You can have whatever luxury you want in the world, um, but it should be yours. It doesn't have to be dictated to you by somebody else. Mm. Uh, and that's my kind of thing. It's all about perfume for you, not everyone else. So it's it's all about your story. It's your life. It's your experiences. It's what drives you, what makes you feel luxurious, what makes you feel to be that special person. And I think that should be celebrated. It's yeah. the time of individualism. Yeah. And some of sort of, I don't know, the feedback or maybe the outtakes from people when they engage with the clients or just new people who are discovering the brand. Uh, what have been some of the thoughts that they share with you in terms of what you guys are doing in the product that you're putting out there? Uh-huh. That's a really interesting conversation. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, look, I, I'll be very sincere. I stepped into this knowing that I'm not going to please everybody. Yes. Um, and there was but nobody point. ever does. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you do, you, when you try to, you lose everything anyway. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's fascinating because um, I've had the privilege now for the last seven years to watch how people have interacted with the brand. Mm. And at first, I'll be sincere, people didn't really understand everything that I was doing mm. um, because it is so niche and so different. And there was only about six companies across the globe at the time that I started doing this kind of intensity of niche perfumery. Mm. Um, so now it's it's shifted in that a lot more people are interested, a lot more people are willing to, to explore um, and they're wanting to actually get into it. So, uh, yeah, I've had a lot more inquiries. I've had a lot more people buying. Um, it's not, there's also the difference between the fact that I work with the natural materials only because I'm interested in their molecular and chemical structure mm. versus working in synthetic. So, in synthetics, you have a more structured perfume. So, the way you smell it in the shop is pretty much within like 80% of what you'll smell when it's put on you. Mm. Where with naturals, it's, it's maybe more like, 60-40. Okay. So 40% of what you smell in the shop is like the 60% differentiation when it goes onto your body, uh-huh. which is what makes it for me that much more interesting because 
every person that wears the perfume then imprints their cells, like their body, their DNA, their yes. pH, all of that. You you really become yourself when you wear your perfume. Yeah. Um, which is great. So it's it's a different game. It's not such a like go into a shop, buy a perfume and walk out happy. It's mm. go into my studio or into the stores which sell our perfume, try it, maybe buy a discovery set try it some more, see how you feel about it and see how it is over time during different times of day, mm. then you buy it. And and I prefer that because it's a much more conscientious use of finances. You you know, you you're you're much more involved with what you're buying. And I think that is a very beautiful thing. It's more sustainable on every level. Yeah. Um and it also it means that you're involved in what you actually want. It's not just a happy purchase. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I love everything you're saying, Agatha, and I think I'm definitely <laughs> the kind of clientele uh, that the House of Gustavo would probably harness over time because, you know, I love a story behind a brand and I like bespokeness and uniqueness. Um, and, and this is something, you know, I learned a couple of years ago on the road to Miss SA with a whole bunch of Miss South Africa finalists listening to them engage with the perfumerer. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, it's interesting. The wealth of knowledge that people actually have around perfumes, number one. I was shocked. Mm. Um, and, <laughs> and the intelligent questions that people are bringing up. And that's when I became aware of even what you just said now, you know, about, um, you know, sort of bespoke perfumes that are, you know, more natural, um, imprinting themselves on. And I started actually getting excited about discovering brands, which I'm sure a lot of your clients must have that same kind of sensation where they get excited about your product because, as you said, you put it on, it smells different at different times of the day. Um, mm. It morphs itself and evolves itself. It, it takes on your persona and it becomes, when you walk into a room, people are like, oh, there goes Agatha because no one else smells like her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you laughed. I actually went to an event last night and... Um... And yeah, and my my partner like he says like oh I could smell you before you even walked in. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing yeah, about it. Uh, it really is, and it really is that individual. I, I mean, Bridget, you're always welcome to come through to the studio anytime. But um, it was fascinating. Actually, I had recently a client that came in. He he currently lives in New York with mm. his family, but he grew up in Lebanon, mm. um, between Lebanon and the United States, and he spends a lot of time in South Africa. And we met here, and he was telling me the stories of the places where he grew up, and specifically this valley called Bekaa mm. in Lebanon. Um, and we spent quite some time together because he wanted a different perfume to be created. Um, and we were really looking at his story. And, and it's fascinating. The more someone opens up, and mm. they really give me all of their like intimate knowledge, which is it's difficult. It's not easy for everybody to open up and be like, okay, this is what I like. I don't like this is the mm. kind of person that I am in private, not just for everybody, you know, out on the street. Yeah. Um. And it was wonderful because I sent through his bottle to New York for him to to smell recently, and mm. and it was the most it's the most fulfilling thing when somebody messages you back and they. It blows them away because everything that they spoke to you about, the intimacy of their family growing up as a child, like Mm. all the things that are lost, all the things that they remember, you've managed to harness in a way that, you know, it's not expected, basically, um, which which is really, truly beautiful.
And it's a privilege, actually. It's an honor to do that for people. Beautiful stuff. Agatha, thank you so much for taking our call. Uh, it's been a delight. That was uh, Agatha Carolina, uh, who is the director and uh, perfumer out at House of Gosdava. And you can find them online. A proudly uh, South African product right here, bespokely South African, influenced by her dual nationalities. We now claim her uh, Polish <laughs> by heritage uh, and, of course, uh, grown up or grew up, rather. That's the proper grammar. Grew up in South Africa. Uh, it's just gone 20 pa- uh, 22, 9 o'clock rather on the art of everything right here on SAFM.